It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Provocative discussion, intelligence analysis, and fearless comment. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. I spent most of the press conference last night after the Prime Minister was speaking and the comments, of course, all got cut off by rubbish broadband. Seriously, number 10, get better broadband, sort it out. Um, I've never had a Zoom call go down. I had three months doing my show live uh, from my spare room uh, during the start of this pandemic and not once did we lose the line because we'd lost broadband. I mean, for goodness sake. But, I mean, let's just pretend to actually be a first world country, please. Um, but um, it was extraordinary. The press conference, you know, ages of questions. Um, all the questions from MPs. I mean, I mean, other than the 70 backbench um, COVID support group, COVID research group MPs, from the Tory side. No one, I mean, no one, including the Labour Party, asked for evidence of why we need to have continued restrictions on our lives and why each restriction is justified, how many lives it will save and what the costs of that are. No one is asking for that evidence. Why not? Uh, well, first of all, I, I wonder if perhaps it was something like Dominic Cummings changing the Wi-Fi password or something like that as a piece <laughs> of revenge as to why things all went down. Um, but you, you're right. I, I think the problem is that we've been talking about nothing other than COVID for what, almost all year now. Yeah. And people get different kinds of information from different places. There are so many mind boggling numbers and statistics and all these sorts of things that I suppose people now just willing to, to be to, to just go along with the flow and say, oh, OK, fine, if it's Easter in, in perhaps a derivation of their duties, which is why some people like Mark Harper and Steve Baker and Graham Brady, I think, have, should be so commended oh, for actually. actually trying to remember that there is you know an economy that needs to carry on existing and a country that needs to carry on existing after COVID yeah. is done. I mean, we had Steve Baker on the show yesterday, an absolute superb. I don't know if people have seen the clip of his interview on BBC Breakfast. Absolutely extraordinary in terms of the uh, the, the, the interviewer. did just did not accept any answer. I mean, at one point, he actually had to ask if he was allowed to speak. And you guys think I'm bad. Uh, Mark Harper yesterday, he was the <laughs> Prime Minister who was asking the question when the Prime Minister's broadband failed. He actually asked, he asked, could he have, he wanted to know what the impact for each measure in each tier what it was supposed to achieve in terms of tackling covid and what his impact would be on covid and what his impact would also be on people their lives and their and business and the economy so he wanted to know not just the general but you know if they've decided you know if a hairdresser is allowed to open okay fine you know but if a pub has to close at 11 people are thrown out what is the what you know what what extra how many extra lives are going to be saved what is you know what effect is that going to have on the r number in any given tier if that happens 
and and what is the cost? This, I mean, this is the sort of analysis that we should have. These are major, major, major infringements on people's ability to to live their free lives, to to run their businesses, to employ people. It's going to affect jobs. It is absolutely vital that this analysis is done. And you know as well as I know, this analysis has not been done. This is back of a fag packet calculation stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I wonder how many of your listeners can honestly say they've never tried to blame um, bad internet on, you know, a, a long family Zoom call or or maybe when your boss really says, you know, where is that work? He's like, oh, sorry, boss, that, you know, my internet's breaking up. But no, I think I think you're right. I think broadly the, the, the problem is that the restrictions are about how many restrictions that the government thinks that it can get people to sign up yeah. with, regardless of how specifically, technically, scientifically they may actually work. Because, of course, we need to get some kind of balance between economic activity, letting people lead their lives and some kind of control. Um, but because it's such a mind-bogglingly difficult thing to police and to legislate for the sum of, of human activity on this one, this wonderful country, it is always going to be fairly arbitrary and, and mm. not able to be defended when you start picking out specific examples like you want. Yeah, I know. This is the thing. Is that if for if if lockdowns worked, for instance, um, you know, if we knew that, then we, then the first lockdown would work. We would never need a second one. That's the clue. Um, if tier restrictions worked, now the government said they had to go into lockdown because tier restrictions weren't working. They were working in a haphazard way. I mean, some areas things were going. A lot of areas, uh, the infection rates were leveling off or going down, uh, and in some areas they they hadn't yet. Um, but that just I mean that just shows you that actually these restrictions have very little to do with the playing out of the virus. I mean that's the key thing. And yet we're now going back into the tier restrictions, which the government said didn't work only a few weeks ago. It, it, I mean, it, we are in, I mean, genuinely sort of through the looking glass territory, if you ask me. But there we are. Um, let's also talk about um, what's what, what's going on with, with the testing. There's rollout of mass testing. So mass testing is going to be done sort of so you don't have, if you come into contact with someone, you don't have to self-isolate. You just get a test every day. Uh, we're also looking at um, testing to let people go into care homes, which should have been done, frankly, months ago. Uh, we're looking at testing for people who, uh, as of uh, the 15th of December, when you arrive in England, uh, from abroad uh, and of course uh, international travel is going to be allowed from December the 3rd thank God um, that, uh, that you're, you're instead of having to uh, quarantine for 14 days you're going to have the option of a test you have to pay for it yourself but you can have a test after five days now I mean this is all hopeful stuff but again a lot of this stuff is what other countries have been doing for months I, I do find that the, the testing and tracing are a particularly peculiar thing. I, not to rub it really, not to really rub it into your listeners, but the day that the uh, the next lockdown was announced, I happened to find myself on a beach in Greece, watching it all happen. When I came back from Greece, in the sort of, I think it was the best timed escape since the Italian job, I sauntered back in through Gatwick, and there was no testing of anybody coming back nope. in at all. And it, it does seem fairly bizarre some of the priorities, and yet, and yet the police resources on stopping people sitting down on benches or breaking up, you know, two students sitting in a room together studying together in their uni. Yeah. Halls, or these sorts of things seem to be more of a priority and that does seem crackers to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had to fill out these epic forms for my family and I when we returned to, from a holiday um, uh, in Greece and it, and it was it was extraordinary. So no one no one even questions you when you get off the plane. No no one you know, t- takes the form. No one checks up. And I just thought, you know, actually I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind there being checks on this. This at least makes sense. But there we are. Let's talk about the good news though. The Oxford AstraZeneca
AstraZeneca vaccine. We've already had the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, but Moderna, we're looking at sort of £28. Pfizer, I think, £15. This one is sort of one or two pounds, basically the price of a cup, a cup of coffee. Um, it, it, and also here, made here, available. Uh, we've already got it rolling out. We, we can get this out very, very quickly. Also vital for getting out around the world where you're not going to have, you know, canisters of minus 70 degrees dry ice to keep her the Moderna vac or the, sorry, the Pfizer vaccine. This is all very, very hopeful, isn't it? I mean, but I suppose it's still dented by the fact that they're still talking about restrictions until Easter. It, it's the, the news is so wonderful. It's enough to make me want to sing, which I won't do this time of morning. But um, and, and and it's it's wonderful because we'll hopefully get life back to normal. But also just the the unbelievable human ingenuity of of what all this represents, and also what of what the free market represents. When Pfizer uh, news came out, their share price rightly absolutely rocketed. And then this Moderna stuff came out, and Pfizer's share price went down as Moderna's rocketed. And now this AstraZeneca one that is going to be as effective up at ninety percent when when it's in the right way and so much cheaper and as you say it can just be stored in a normal fridge rather than in special temperatures which will make rollout around the world eventually much easier you know it makes you proud to be human i think it's a wonderful thing and everybody should be wake up with a big smile on their face i today. think we can say proud to be british actually at this point given that we taxpayers have helped yeah, fund yeah. this and uh, and the like <laughs> no exactly but i think again it's, it's this is very practical and again it does have to be rolled out around the entire world otherwise there's not much point but i was a little bit intrigued by the fact that the prime minister was talking about how we can uh, you know, get us as you know anyone who the, the majority, the vast majority of the people who most need this vaccine vaccinated by Easter. Well, they were talking about vaccinating all the vulnerable and elderly by last Easter, sorry, by Easter just a few days ago. Um, and then, and then uh, only a few days since then, we had Matt Hancock, um, I'm pretty sure, saying that we'd be able to roll out, you know, everybody being vaccinated in the entire country within a matter of a few of a few months before Easter. So, you know, we've gone. We've, I mean, we're talking about the difference between you know, sort of eight million, twelve million, twenty million, sixty-seven million. Which is it? I mean, they must surely. I mean. For the love of God, someone tell me the government has actually got a plan for how they are going to roll this out. I'm sure there are. and There'll be multiple plans based on, on various levels of efficacy. So I think the fact that this is going so, uh, so well at the moment um, and uh, I think... The, the the number that he was saying yesterday is that it would be in the low millions of people who've been already um, ready to get this. So so it's it's about how the production of the vaccine itself and the fact that there are something like three or four million ready to go. Yeah. Now that gets sign off, that can be done by the end of the year. And then really we're working at the speed of how many uh, shots can be created uh, and, and get that rolled out. And so I think that it, it all bases around this level of efficacy. But now uh, it's as good as it can be. I think we can be more encouraging and more optimistic. The fact that Chris Whitty suddenly started sounding um, you know, optimistic about these things, yes. and he has been the sourpuss, that I think is a real cause for, for enjoyment. Yeah, indeed. My, my only real fear on this, I, mean, I can see the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel now, but my real fear is that we are going to give away a lot of our the freedoms that have been hard won over the decades. We're going to give them away forever. I want every single freedom back and I want it back for good. I really, really, really feel that is something we should fight for. Uh, James Price, thank you very much indeed for joining us. More from you uh, coming up. We're going to talk to Scott Lucas about uh, Donald Trump finally allowing the Joe Biden transition team access uh, to uh, actually, well, all the information and the funds they need to be able to prepare for office in uh, January. What does this tell us about uh, Trump conceding defeat? The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.
If you missed any of my Talk Radio Breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.